Chapter sixty nine to seventy two of Tristram Shandy, Volume four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume four. Last volume by Lawrence Stern. Chapter sixty nine my mother had gone with her left arm twisted in my father's right till they had got to the fatal angle of the old garden wall where dr slop was overthrown by obadiah on the coach-horse as this was directly opposite to the front of mrs wadman's house when my father came to it he gave a look across and seeing my uncle toby and the corporal within ten paces of the door he turned about let us just stop a moment quoth my father and see with what ceremonies my brother toby and his man trim make their first entry it will not detain us added my father a single minute no matter if it be ten minutes quoth my mother it will not detain us half one said my father the corporal was just then setting in with the story of his brother tom and the jew's widow the story went on and on it had episodes in it it came back and went on and on again there was no end of it the reader found it very long god help my father he pished fifty times at every new attitude and gave the corporal's stick with all its flourishings and danglings to as many devils as chose to accept of them when issues of events like these my father is waiting for are hanging in the scales of fate the mind has the advantage of changing the principle of expectation three times without which it would not have power to see it out curiosity governs the first moment and the second moment is all economy to justify the expense of the first and for the third fourth fifth and sixth moments and so on to the day of judgment tis a point of honour i need not be told that the ethic writers have assigned this all to patience but that virtue methinks has extent of dominion sufficient of her own and enough to do in it without invading the few dismantled castles which honour has left him upon the earth my father stood it out as well as he could with these three auxiliaries to the end of trim's story and from thence to the end of my uncle toby's panegyric upon arms in the chapter following it when seeing that instead of marching up to mrs wadman's door they both faced about and marched down the avenue diametrically opposite to his expectation he broke out at once with that little sub-acid soreness of humour which in certain situations distinguished his character from that of all other men chapter seventy now what can their two noddles be about cried my father etc i dare say said my mother they are making fortifications not on mrs wadman's premises cried my father stepping back i suppose not quoth my mother i wish said my father raising his voice the whole science of fortification at the devil with all its trumpery of saps mines blinds gabions fossbrays and cuvettes they are foolish things said my mother 
Now she had a way which, by the by, I would this moment give away my purple jerkin and my yellow slippers into the bargain, if some of your reverences would imitate, and that was never to refuse her assent and consent to any proposition my father laid before her merely because she did not understand it, or had no ideas of the principal word or term of art upon which the tenet or proposition rolled. She contented herself with doing all that her godfathers and godmothers promised for her, but no more, and so would go on using a hard word twenty years together, and replying to it too, if it was a verb, in all its moods and tenses, without giving herself any trouble to inquire about it. This was an eternal source of misery to my father, and broke the neck at the first setting out of more good dialogues between them than could have done the most petulant contradiction. The few which survived were the better for the cuvettes. "'They are foolish things,' said my mother. "'Particularly the cuvettes,' replied my father. "'Tis enough. He tasted the sweet of triumph, and went on. "'Not that they are, properly speaking, Mrs. Wadman's premises,' said my father, partly correcting himself, "'because she is but tenant for life.' "'That makes a great difference,' said my mother. "'In a fool's head,' replied my father. "'Unless she should happen to have a child,' said my mother. "'But she must persuade my brother Toby first to get her one.' "'To be sure, Mr. Shandy,' quoth my mother.' though if it comes to persuasion said my father lord have mercy upon them amen said my mother piano amen cried my father fortissime amen said my mother again but with such a sighing cadence of personal pity at the end of it as discomfited every fibre about my father he instantly took out his almanac but before he could untie it yorick's congregation coming out of church became a full answer to one half of his business with it and my mother telling him it was a sacrament day left him as little in doubt as to the other part he put his almanac into his pocket the first lord of the treasury thinking of ways and means could not have returned home with a more embarrassed look Chapter seventy one. Upon looking back from the end of the last chapter, and surveying the texture of what has been wrote, it is necessary that upon this page and the three following a good quantity of heterogeneous matter be inserted to keep up that just balance betwixt wisdom and folly, without which a book would not hold together a single year. Nor is it a poor creeping digression, which, but for the name of, a man might continue as well going on in the king's highway, which will do the business. No, if it is to be a digression, it must be a good frisky one, and upon a frisky subject, too, where neither the horse or his rider are to be caught, but by rebound. The only difficulty is raising powers suitable to the nature of the service. Fancy is capricious wit must not be searched for and pleasantry good-natured slut as she is will not come in at a call was an empire to be laid at her feet the best way for a man is to say his prayers only if it puts him in mind of his infirmities and defects as well ghostly as bodily 
for that purpose he will find himself rather worse after he has said them than before for other purposes better for my own part there is not a way either moral or mechanical under heaven that i could think of which i have not taken with myself in this case sometimes by addressing myself directly to the soul herself and arguing the point over and over again with her upon the extent of her own faculties i never could make them an inch the wider then by changing my system and trying what could be made of it upon the body by temperance soberness and chastity these are good quoth i in themselves they are good absolutely they are good relatively they are good for health they are good for happiness in this world they are good for happiness in the next in short they were good for everything but the thing wanted and there they were good for nothing but to leave the soul just as heaven made it as for the theological virtues of faith and hope they give it courage but then that snivelling virtue of meekness as my father would always call it takes it quite away again so that you are exactly where you started now in all common and ordinary cases there is nothing which i have found to answer so well as this certainly if there is any dependence upon logic and that i am not blinded by self-love there must be something of true genius about me merely upon this symptom of it that i do not know what envy is for never do i hit upon any invention or device which tendeth to the furtherance of good writing but i instantly make it public willing that all mankind should write as well as myself which they certainly will when they think as little chapter seventy two now in ordinary cases that is when i am only stupid and the thoughts rise heavily and pass gummis through my pen or that i am got i know not how into a cold unmetaphorical vein of infamous writing and cannot take a plumb lift out of it for my soul so must be obliged to go on writing like a dutch commentator to the end of the chapter unless something be done i never stand conferring with pen and ink one moment for if a pinch of snuff or a stride or two across the room will not do the business for me i take a razor at once and having tried the edge of it upon the palm of my hand without further ceremony except that of first lathering my beard i shave it off taking care only if i do leave a hair that it be not a grey one this done i change my shirt put on a better coat send for my last wig put my topaz ring upon my finger and in a word dress myself from one end to the other of me after my best fashion now the devil in hell must be in it if this does not do for consider sir as every man chooses to be present at the shaving of his own beard though there is no rule without an exception and unavoidably sits over against himself the whole time it is doing in case he has a hand in it the situation like all others has notions of her own to put into the brain i maintain it the conceits of a rough-bearded man are seven years more terse and juvenile for one single operation and if they did not run a risk of being quite shaved away might be carried up by continual shavings to the highest pitch of sublimity how homer could write with so long a beard i don't know 
and as it makes against my hypothesis i as little care but let us return to the toilet ludovicus sorbonensis makes this entirely an affair of the body exoterice proxis as he calls it but he is deceived the soul and body are joint sharers in everything they get a man cannot dress but his ideas get clothed at the same time and if he dresses like a gentleman every one of them stands presented to his imagination genteelized along with him so that he has nothing to do but take his pen and write like himself for this cause when your honours and reverences would know whether i writ clean and fit to be read you will be able to judge full as well by looking into my laundress's bill as my book there is one single month in which i can make it appear that i dirtied one and thirty shirts with clean writing and after all was more abused cursed criticised and confounded and had more mystic heads shaken at me for what i had wrote in that one month than in all the other months of that year put together but their honours and reverences had not seen my bills End of chapters 69 to 72